A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. It's me, Emma Gunn Awardner. I'm your host. And I'm so excited to say that in this episode, I'm joined by Lily Pebbles, blogger, vlogger, um, expert in beauty, fashion and lifestyle. She's joining me. She's also an author. Her book, The F Word on Female Friendship is a delight to read. I really encourage you, if you haven't already, to pick up a copy of that book. I found it quite unputdownable and... um, would, would sort of think, oh, I'll just read that chapter on, I'll read that section on that sort of friendship before I go to sleep. And then, you know, three hours later, I realise that I've got to get up in a few hours and I've just been reading, reading the book. It's a really lovely read. I also love Lily's website. I love, I love how honest and authentic she is online. I love the fact that I've seen her evolve. She's been doing this for eight years, which is no joke. If you listen to this podcast, you'll know that I'm a big champion of anyone who sets a goal and goes after it and achieves it. And creating online content is not easy. It's multi-layered and you have to really hustle. And she's been doing this for a long time. It's evolved. She is incredibly successful and deservedly so. And we unpick all of this in the episode. It probably goes without saying, but I'm going to say anyway, that all of the links to everything that we talk about in the show, so that includes the book, The F Word, her website, her social media platforms, her YouTube channel, they will be in the show notes, which are on Emma Guns, Acast and iTunes, emmaguns.com, I should say, Acast and iTunes. I had an absolute ball recording with Lily. Um, I really, really did. I just came away feeling elated and feeling really buoyed and I just love hanging out with people who um, are supportive and share and are open and that was exactly what Lily was. Um, I think I'm just going to get into it. It's been a busy week and someone actually emailed me saying, oh you stopped doing that thing where you tell us what you've been doing in the week and I haven't meant to um, stop doing it. I uh, have just been busy and I guess I completely forgot but I have had a busy week I went to a Real Techniques launch on Thursday it was absolutely fabulous they've got some 
flipping lovely brush it's coming soon um but if you do want to keep in touch with what's happening in the week if I do forget to do it here you must follow me on Instagram at Emma Guns because my Insta stories usually cover it all off and um you'll see it in Instagram posts so anyway that's to sort of cover the what have I been up to I will start doing it again I promise but not now because I know you want me to get straight to Lily so here she is the fabulous Lily Pebbles on the Emma Gun show Hi, Lily. Hi, Emma. Um, thank you for inviting me over for a lovely chat. I cannot wait. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. Oh, my God. I'm very excited. I'm not used <laughs> to being the guest on a podcast, so this is weird, but very excited. I know, because let's talk about this. Um, we, we're fellow podcasters. We're, we're part of the hashtag pod fam. We are. I'm we still like a bit of a newbie. We, we did season one. So Anna and I have mm-hmm. a podcast called At Home With. We did season one, like not really knowing what we were doing and it was all a bit of a whirlwind and we just had the best time ever. And then it's been a year. <laughs> we're like, I think now we should do season two. It's taken us that long to kind of get our heads around finding time to do it again. I wouldn't even know how you would begin to add, an, add another stream of content to your output already because you're busy. Yeah, I know. And, and you're meant to, I think, like get people on board to help you with mm-hmm. things as you do other projects. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Bit of a control freak. So um, I still am a one man band. So it's, yeah, it's mad. That's why we kind of do projects at a time. Mm-hmm. Try not to do it all at once. Actually, it's really smart because because you said we're doing series one, there was always an expectation that there would be a stop point. Yes. Whereas... Speaking from experience, I was just like, there's going to be a weekly show. That's why I asked you how many episodes you've done. Yeah, because we said, like, there'll be 10. So we knew there'd be, mm-hmm. like, an end point. Um, whereas you've done how many episodes? Uh, it's about, well, it's well over 100 now. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. I know. I love it's it. It's amazing. Um, I, I came, up to, came over to Lily's and then was like, by the way, I've got big news. Today's the podcast's second birthday. <laughs> so she, this is an anniversary party. This is a birthday party. And much better than our second birthday where we've only done one season of 10 episodes. <laughs> it doesn't really count. <laughs> no, it does. It does. It does. Um, how come you decided to do the podcast? Because you have all these other things going on. You've got the site. You've got video. How, why did you decide to go audio? I think... First of all, I love working with other people. Me and Anna try to work together as much as we can just because we really enjoy it. Like our job gets a bit lonely sometimes. Mm. So we wanted to work on something together. We both love listening to podcasts. We wanted to chat to people that we're really inspired by because mm. it's just really nice to get other people involved. Yeah. We're both very much into like our home decor these days. So we kind of just put all those ideas together and thought, let's go into the homes of women we admire and chat to them. Mm-hmm. And it felt really casual. I love the more like, I feel like Anna's better at blogging than I am but I've always been way more into the kind of the video chatty aspect of things so we kind of put those together to combine and I think it just works that's really interesting so when you say um you think Anna's better at blogging yeah well she prefers it like when we talk about what platforms we prefer the most she I I love my blog that's the thing that came first Mm. I started my blog in 2010 um so that will always be my like baby but Anna is like obsessed with her blog like she loves (laughs) just like being at home and blogging whereas I love making videos a bit more I just feel more like connected with my audience and I feel like I'm better when I'm just chatting and not thinking too much about it yeah because I've watched your videos and I watched and actually it's funny that I chose this notebook when I came over when I started prepping today because this is the notebook I was going to turn into a bullet journal Mm. after watching your bullet journal video 
Yeah, I do love my bullet journal. You need one with dots, though. The lines, it's not going to work. No, I know. I, sh- <laughs> I should have just followed that link. I should have just clicked that link. Well, buy one. that expensive notebook from Amazon. It's worth it. I know. But I do. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm into my stationery. So my office has loads of books that I haven't written in because I'm waiting for something really amazing Same. to happen. I have so many. And then like just two pages in the notebook are written in. And I'm like, oh, that's why I love my bullet journal because yeah. now I'm actually using one. It's over there, I think, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm just... Just got one on the go. I've also got a passion planner, which I adore. Ooh. I'll show it to you. Okay. Um, and I'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> if people like, so let's go back to 2010. Because yeah. I think that's always a good place to start. And what, where were you? What was happening in your life? You thought, I know, I'm going to start Lily Pebbles. I was at university. I was studying marketing, advertising and PR at um, Birmingham City University which I didn't think I was going to go to uni, but I ended up there and I loved it. Um, And it was in our second year, I think, we were doing a digital marketing module and they said, um, start a blog and start a Twitter page. We didn't have to, but it was just part of that lesson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really didn't want to start Twitter. My first tweet ever was Lily Pebbles has been forced to join Twitter. I was so (laughs) grumpy about it. But I'd read blogs for a while. I'd read Style Scrapbook and The Blonde Salad, which like international style blogs. So I thought, that's quite cool. I'll try it. Mm -hmm. Everyone else quit the next day because you didn't have to do it. Whereas I was like, I kind of like this. I called it whyhearttoday.com. I had to think of it in like five minutes. And um, yeah, it just became my little hobby at uni. I didn't do it that much um, at first. It was more like what I got for Christmas, just little blog posts here and there. And then once I left uni, I really got into it. And it became my like little project that I could focus on outside of work. I went straight into work after uni and I've always struggled with like authority a little bit. So it was just the fact that I could go home and do my own thing and no one was going to tell me if it was right or wrong. And I loved it. I also think, just to that point, I had always felt really bad that I'd never really done well in nine to five office environments. Mm. I thought that meant I had no work ethic, but I do have a work ethic. But I was listening to a podcast with a guy called Joe Rogan and he said, for some people, it's just, it's almost, it's almost allergic. Yeah. They just don't suit it. And if that's the case make your own con- make your own content do your own thing yeah I, I didn't hate it I do sometimes miss actually working a normal job in an office there are parts of it I, I loved but I'm not good at getting told like when I'm wrong I'm like no <laughs> I'm right so just the fact that I can have my own blog and be like this is right yeah <laughs> I don't care what you say <laughs> I declare today I am right <laughs> yeah and every day henceforth it's nice to have a mix I always recommend people have a blog outside of their normal job because it's mm. just, it's so nice to have that other hobby the problem was when it became full-time I thought oh now I don't have a hobby <laughs> how long yeah <laughs> started scrapbooking at that point <laughs> you went back to paper yeah so what when did it go from the hobby to having to be full-time so I started my blog in 2010 I started my YouTube channel in 2012 purely because I was writing like 2,500 word blog posts about a lipstick I was like this is ridiculous if I seriously they became so rambly and I was like I just need to talk Anna had already started YouTube at this point there were quite a few people who I watched on YouTube so did you know Anna no, I just watched her videos. We, we like stalked each other on the internet. <laughs> she read my blog. I watched her videos and stuff. The best kind of friendships exactly. come from stalking. Exactly. So I thought, I'm just going to start YouTube. And I was lucky because I already had that audience on my blog. Mm. I pretty much straight away got 10,000 subscribers because I already had built up that audience That's in the blog. Brilliant. So it gave me, I didn't feel like I was just making videos for mm. no one. Although they are so bad. If you go back and watch my first videos, I'm so monotoned and I have no personality. <laughs> Um, but that's but again I find that really fascinating because how are you supposed to know you're not a trained television presenter when you put I mean the camera's on the kitchen table in front of us when you stick that on a tripod and put it on for the first time you don't know it's actually 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's quite um, a harsh lesson when you look back. Yeah, it's very difficult to be yourself. I know that sounds mad, mm. but like I had this weird accent for the first three years I did YouTube I was like it's just so difficult to be yourself and my tip is always to have someone you know in the room with you while you're filming because then you can't be anything but yourself because they'll be like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) and you kind of have to be an uh, exaggerated version of yourself Mm. because if I'm just myself I kind of just talk like this and that's really boring and no one wants to hear that so you have to kind of be a bit more animated yeah and it just takes practice I always thought I was very expressionful and then I did some YouTube videos and I was like, oh, girl, you need to emote. We're just, we're just English. It's difficult. It's very difficult. When American people watch my videos, they're like, oh, you are boring. I'm like, no, I'm just monotoned. So did you start doing <laughs> 2000 and 2,500 word videos about? <laughs> no, I just, it was so much easier to just talk. It was such a relief and I loved it. I really fell in love with YouTube. So then that year after 2013, I quit my job to do it full-time which was terrifying and what were you doing what was the job I had worked my way up kind of three years two three years into a job um I'd worked my way up to marketing manager oh um at a beauty box company nice so I was loving it I really Mm -hmm. wasn't even disliking my job I just thought you know I'm starting to earn a bit of money for my blog and YouTube from like Google ads which anyone could sign up to I'm going to blogging events in the evening that's where I like met Anna and I had this like cute little friendship group of blogging girls and I was living at home with my parents and I thought I have to just try now because Mm -hmm. there'll never be another opportunity I'm very like career driven very sensible so I was like I'm gonna quit my job I'm gonna give it three months if I'm not earning x amount by then I'm gonna go back and find a normal job I have like goals in life, you know, I wanted to get a house, I want to get a car mm. and stuff. So, and my sister was a make hair makeup artist and I never like envied her life as a freelancer and self-employed. That's not really what I wanted to do. So I was like, I'm just going to give it a go and see. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I put all my time into it, my stats just like shot up because I was blogging every day instead of just on weekends. Right. And that was it. <laughs> How did you go from coming up with a video a week to creating content every day because that's that's a really big shift Mm. so I went so it was I can't really remember I think at that point I was blogging three times a week but I was just having to do it all on the weekends Mm -hmm. take all the photos write all the blog posts and schedule it whereas when I quit I had all those days to put into ideas I could I was like I used to be like three weeks scheduled ahead and stuff I was so organized back then not anymore (laughs) not anymore but I was just so inspired. Then I didn't have a problem with coming up with ideas. I had so many ideas for videos. It was so new and fresh. There wasn't that much online already. Mm. Um, so I was just, I was loving it. It was such a fun time. That's the thing. You can't, you hit it at a time when it was still new, fresh, exciting yeah. and um, fun. Like it, it was... I look at you guys who all kind of started at the same time and I, I look at you with such affection and, <laughs> and jealousy because you have such a brilliant bond. Mm. All of you who started up, you were kind of... Because I know what it's like starting a new platform as well. Until you prove yourself, you will get very little yeah. um, warmth yeah. from the outside world and from the people whose attention perhaps you want to get. <laughs> So did that community, did that kind of buddy community build really organically? It was, it's like a secret club. Because I think when we, we've all shared so many stories over the years about this, but I think when we all started our blogs, we thought we were the only people in the world who had a blog. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really know anyone else. So then when we all started gradually meeting each other, 
two years in, you know, we'd all been blogging for about two years. Mm. No one's been reading it at all. Yeah. <laughs> we met each other and was like, you have a blog too? Like, I remember I met um, Zoe London. I worked with her and she had a blog and I was like, oh my God, no way I have a blog. And it was so crazy. <laughs> and she like taught me her stuff. She knew about blogs and I taught her and we went to events together. And it was like, you'd met someone who finally gets what you do because mm. yeah, like now, if you say I'm a blogger, people are like, I don't know if it's a good thing. They either judge you or they, whatever it is, they know what you do. I feel like it definitely kept, became a dirty word for a while. Yeah. And that, it kind of, I used to wish that people understood what I did. And mm. now I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure if it's any better now they get what I do. Yeah. But at least back in the day, you'd say, oh, I blog. And they'd be like, they just look at you like, oh, you live at home with your parents and have no money. Like, what does that <laughs> even mean? So it was nice. Why to should me- I care what you say about yeah, that lipstick? It was nice thing. to meet other people who get it. Who's like, mm. yeah, my friends and family don't get what I do either. I also, I also find that when I um, meet new people within the industry, whether their platform is video, audio or whatever, I then get really inspired. Mm. It makes me, it makes me, it, it really um, solidifies what I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm like, I really get what they're doing. I really understand what they're doing and I really celebrate that. I have no intention of copying anyone, <laughs> but it makes me feel, it really ignites my passion about what I'm doing. So if I'm ever having a bit of a, a week or a month where I'm thinking... I'm not sure about my content or is anyone, does anyone care? I know that I can tap into that and yeah. then I'll just be reinvigorated. Just being around other creative people mm. and people saying, oh, I love the podcast you did with that person because of this. That'll just make you feel like so much more inspired for that next week. I love spending time around other bloggers and YouTubers that I get on with. Mm. And then it kind of, it exploded and then Lily Pebbles, the Anna Reddit, they, it's huge. But it didn't, it didn't feel like that. I feel like some people over the years have kind of had overnight success, whether they got a mention by like mm. someone huge or something happened. Whereas I never had that like sudden spike. It wasn't, a, nothing has happened over the last eight years where I've suddenly become successful. Mm. So it's it's been really gradual. So it doesn't really feel like that for me. Mm. Um, but I... Yeah, I think just because I was part of that original crew and I was consistent Mm -hmm. because there were some people during those early years who then kind of stopped and it's really difficult. You have to kind of be so consistent to keep it up. So I think because I haven't really stopped since Mm -hmm. I started, (laughs) that has helped. But yeah, it hasn't been like a sudden growth at any point. You haven't stopped, but you have evolved. But when you got to the point where brands wanted to work with you... um, that's that's really lovely that's great if Bran says hey we'd like you to talk about this lipstick and also here's some cash money honey um but you have to kind of know where you stand on that quite early on I think so Mm. that you don't your content doesn't get suffocated yeah so how did that process happen for you I can't really remember like the first oh actually the first I do remember (laughs) that just came to me the first brand deal I ever did was I had to put a book in my monthly favorites but I just did that with Dom, who's the founder of Gleam. So I think I'm quite lucky because I met Dom and Lucy very early on when mm. there was like three people working there. I actually interviewed for a job at Gleam. That's how I met them. No way. Yeah. No way. Tell me everything. <laughs> I was desperate to work there. I went um, for an interview with Dom and we started chatting and we were talking about YouTube and my blog. And he was like, you really should just keep up your YouTube thing. Like you're doing really well with it. I was like, really? Cause I just, in my head then I was like, no, I just need a normal office job. <laughs> he was like, keep it up. And then I think it was like a month later that I quit my job and went full time. And like a year later or something signed with Gleam, but I just kept in contact with him that whole time. Um, so because I think I was chatting to them from such early days, I kind yeah. of evolved with them as they evolved and kind of learned about how everything works as well. Um, for me it's always just been a gut instinct thing Mm. does this 
feel shady would my friends cringe if they saw me do this it's always like an instant does this feel right mm. I've for me my, it's always been about just being totally honest yeah. always what's the point all those years of building up that audience and credibility just for them to go oh god you're promoting a blue lipstick I don't mm. know whatever it would be yeah so um, itchy button that just makes me think of that episode <laughs> <know>. of friends <laughs> totally um yeah it's just about being honest and over the years I have turned down so many amazing jobs mm. money wise because I'm like no I can't do that well Caroline Hirons when she came on the podcast she said uh very much that it's become like that for her in the sense of it's not about yeah come on brands give me all you've got it's it's more about saying no because she's not going to put her name yeah. behind anything that she doesn't believe in and she's not going to rip off her readers viewers etc I probably turned down like eight out of ten jobs that I get which is amazing to hear that I mean there is that much work in our industry which is so exciting but we've worked for years to convince brands Mm. that we are worth spending money on and I'm not like embarrassed to say that because I think the way you need to think about it is just another form of advertising Mm. and for me as a viewer of YouTube reader of blogs I'd much prefer someone who I totally trust to be advertising something to me Mm. than seeing a celeb on TV who pretends to be using a shampoo that you don't really know if they are or not like they know us so well they've known me for eight years they know what hair type I have and what skin type I have and they can trust me because I would never like risk everything Mm. just for a bit of money or whatever to work with a brand so I've had these relationships with brands for years and like a PR sense and made some really good relationships with Mm. PRs from different beauty brands. But over the years, we've been, as their budgets have been changing and they've been moving from traditional advertising to working with influencers, which I hate that word, so I'm using a little quotation. We're going to unpick that in a minute then. Um, I think it's amazing. And we can be so much more creative to work with and it's such a nice Mm. collaboration and... It's probably my, one of my favourite parts of my job, actually. Mm. I love kind of getting a brief and then working on it and making it work for my audience and telling them how I think it would work. Yeah. And it's really fun. So that covers a really interesting point for me in the sense that you started to... Uh, PRs would divert their budget, their spend, away from traditional print media mm. towards, inverted commas, influencers. Yeah. Now, as somebody who grew up as a journalist on print yeah. title... I, I mean, it sort of all happened as I was coming to the end of my time on print, but I was very aware of this, of this blogging community and I will hand on heart and I apologize for it now, but I, I didn't take it seriously, mm. not because of anything else, but because I was so, I was brought up on print. Yeah. That's where I wanted Me too. to be. And so when I got my job there uh, and worked for them, I thought it was the greatest thing that ever happened. And I didn't think that bloggers or blogging or blogging could um (laughs) shake the foundations of print journalism how wrong I was so it wasn't that I was disparaging of it I just didn't it didn't really come into my you're not the only one and I'm I'm gutted actually because (laughs) I grew up with print as well and I love magazines and now seeing so many magazines Mm. close down I'm not like woohoo bloggers win not at all like (laughs) I love magazines and I'm so gutted and I'm annoyed because when this all started happening in 2013, we knew, we knew this was going to happen and we were trying to like work with magazines. Mm. I was desperate. I still am desperate to get in a magazine because magazines reach my audience in a different way. They reach the people who don't read blogs and YouTube. And I was desperate. Magazines would not work with us. They would not acknowledge us. And apart from Company Magazine, who are amazing from right at the beginning, and then they shut down. We've just always, it's always been this like, Ooh, bloggers and the thing and it's it's so silly because we weren't it was never a competition from our side we mm. wanted to work together and collaborate 
it you know it was it would have worked for both of us so now seeing this happen I'm just gutted for everyone because yeah that wasn't what we wanted at all no and I certainly would never have thought that it would have been a competition or anything but because I do believe that the two can coexist in a really brilliant way and can complement mm. each other as most things can yeah. in life let's face it but um yeah it, it's just you are now getting the attention from the PRs that um magazines used to get which yeah. obviously then uh, raises the stakes basically for blogging yeah so how so how did you set boundaries? And I know, at what point did you sign with Gleam, by the way? Because let me just get my timeline right. So brands start working with you. And obviously Gleam, for listeners who maybe don't know, I mean, it's the... It's the Some of the top UK agency. digital agencies, yeah. Um, there's quite a few around now, which mm. I think everyone's really happy about because I think it's weird when you're just the only one. <laughs> I think they, every time a new one opens, they're like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. It's good to have a bit of variation. But Gleam is the name that I think every, everybody knows. Like Even yeah. if you don't know much about it, you will have heard of Gleam. Yeah, they started with Pixie Woo, Tanya Bird, Jim Chapman, Ruth yeah. Crilly, that little crew. Yeah, that oh my little God. crew. <laughs> and, and then I did, it was quite soon after that I joined and I was literally like, yes, I'm in didn't quite make that they have this like photo of all of them when they first joined I was like I didn't quite make the photo but um and then since then they've gone on to sign people like Zoe Zoella so it's it's a huge name but they're they're so great and I signed with them probably around 2013 Mm. I mean it was about a year and a half of negotiations because my dad my dad's quite intense (laughs) (laughs) but apart from that um so yeah like I said we've kind of been learning together Mm. for me what defines the difference between, and it's, it, I still have to explain this all the time to brands, mm. especially the difference between PR and marketing when it comes to bloggers, because I get sent a lot of products. I get sent maybe seven parcels a day. Oh, yes. um, it's, it's a lot. It's quite mm. overwhelming. And um, there's no guarantee that I'm going to give any of that coverage. And we don't have to. If mm. I try a product and I like it, I'll probably talk about it. If I don't, I probably just won't. Yeah. Um, but if a brand wants me to talk about their campaign and talk about certain key messages. They want people to know when this product's coming out, how mm. it makes your skin feel, how many shades it comes in. They've got a really specific marketing campaign yeah. in mind. That's when it becomes a job. Yeah. And that's when Gleam will come in and they'll help me with the logistics mm. of it, timings, they'll talk about budget, they'll we'll kind of get some things signed off beforehand and it helps a lot because I couldn't do it alone. <laughs> totally, because it is. It's a minefield and it, again, you can't be expected to know how to negotiate in the same way that magazines used to or mm. publishing houses that had massive teams who used to who used to manage all of that stuff so that's why I'm always very interested because once you become a business in in a brand's eyes or in the industry's eyes that then puts a lot of pressure on you to make good decisions yeah w- without knowing necessarily how things work because what yeah. example are you following yeah and you're kind of in the middle because mm. I've got a marketing background so I very much understand what it's like for the brand and I want this to be a successful campaign for them I would never want anyone to spend money on me and then feel disappointed yeah. so I'm always thinking is this going to be is the, are the brand going to get what they want out of mm. this but then I'm also most priority my priority is that my audience are happy yeah so just recently on a job I'm shooting today we had a bit of a back and forth about there needing to be a certain word in the title of the video. And I said, I'm sorry, but no, no one will watch that video. It will get bad comments. This isn't going to be good for either of us. And it's just trying to constantly educate brands mm. on little things like that and how this isn't an advert. I can't follow a script. It have to, has to be natural in yeah. my own voice. Let's go back to influencer. Mm. Come on then. Because I think it's very interesting how and often it's the old school and I'm sort of lumping you Caroline in the old school who have a problem with it yeah 
and it's the new school who don't. Well, I get that it's easy to have a name. Uh, like, I understand why it exists. Um, and it's tricky because I haven't really got a good alternative. <laughs> um, I kind of change all the time. Sometimes I call myself a blogger. Sometimes I call myself a YouTuber, but that's very platform specific. Mm-hmm. In America, they use content creator, which sounds a little bit cheesy, but I actually think describes it best what we do. Actually, it does. Online it? content creator, yeah. because it's... It's across all different platforms. We're just creating content. Yeah. I don't like influencer. Like Carolina said before, it's talking more about the after effect than what mm. we're actually trying to gain. Um, it just makes me feel me. icky. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. It's, 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 it's more about what the brand can get out of us mm. than what we're trying to do. It makes me feel uncomfortable. So um, I never refer to myself as an influencer. <laughs> but it's tricky because there isn't really another word. No, you're right. But content creators actually... I'm trying to make it a thing. I call myself content creator. It just sounds a bit lame. Online content creator, OCC. I just, yeah. I'm an OCC. It sounds quite... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> to me, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that sounds quite hardcore. OCC. I just think it's weird. People starting now, like, and they want to be an influencer. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I feel comfortable about that. Well, Insta fame is a thing, isn't it? Yeah. I just, it's difficult. And I, I think because our industry started so small, I feel really protective over mm. it. And when I see people doing things I don't agree with, I know I can't control it because mm. I can't, but I get, I get a bit upset. I get a bit emotional about it. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, don't ruin what we've spent so long trying to build. Mm. Don't undersell yourself or don't, you know, be shady with your audience. You don't devalue. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And we had a, a wee conversation, listeners, before before we hit record. But um, I was saying how today I hit 10,000 followers on Instagram Amazing. <laughs> on my second podcast birthday. And how um, it was so tempting at times to, and I never would, I hasten to add, but it's tempting because it's so easy to buy followers mm. and to immediately bump your numbers. But I, again, feel like it just, it would devalue my... I think people who buy followers are confused about <laughs> what this is all about because, oh, that it really frustrates me. Like, it's not about the numbers. It's about who those people are. Mm-hmm. Always, it's all about the engagement. Yeah. I purposely do not try and grow my numbers because it's just not a priority for me. If anything, I actually... If someone said to me, this is no joke, if someone said to me, you can have a million followers on YouTube now, do you want it? I'd say, no, thanks. I would much prefer to have my numbers and my lovely, tight community of really engaging women who I, I know them all, I know exactly mm. what they're like, their personalities, than to have loads of people that don't really know me or get me or understand. Like when a video goes viral, nah, not into that. I don't want it. Really? I don't want random people following me who don't understand what it's all about. For me, and I think for brands, the most value is in having a really engaging mm. audience and people who comment and like and understand you and trust you. Yeah. No, it's not just about numbers. I am 100% with you. And the thing that gives me the most joy is when uh, my inbox for the, for the podcast starts filling up and people yeah. are just like, oh, I thought this after I listened to your show or I do 26 habits. And if someone, if someone sends me an email and says, oh, by the way, I know that you're starting this. When I did it, I found this really helpful. That gives me joy. Yeah. Because that's starting a conversation. Yeah. Much more than a like or a follower, all of those things. Yeah. Numbers also, like, especially on YouTube, subscriber numbers means nothing. You could subscribe to a channel and never watch their videos. Mm. It's much more important how many views you're getting on a video. But then, again, as someone who has uh, a much smaller following, 
than you. I have for the last year had people say to me, and by people, I mean brands mm-hmm. and the like say well once you hit 10,000 that's why today feels like a benchmark yeah. because it's been put in my head or oh, once you hit 10,000 once you hit 10,000 yeah. it's a real problem my friend's a model and she said sometimes she goes to castings and they won't even see you unless you've got a certain amount of followers on social media so I think that problem is coming from the brand side of things yeah. they've suddenly years later got the confidence now to finally do more work within the space but it will take time for them to realize what priorities and some brands aren't like that some brands Mm. don't mind about numbers they care about more about the person yeah i've heard some press trips where they only invite people who have a certain amount of subscribers and (gasps) i just think i don't want to be on that trip because it sounds lame (laughs) like you just you're you know you'll work with the right brands who get you for who you are and if they only care about your following numbers they're probably not the right people to be working with And there's enough work, I think, to go around. I think so. And I think as long as you know exactly what you're doing and what you stand for. Yeah. It's like anything. It's just having the foundation. If there's no foundation there, it'll... Your audience will respect you more for it. Mm. Um, Like in the past, I've done videos where I could have easily done a massive clickbait title. I've been (laughs) so tempted. Like I know for a fact if I write, I had a car crash, I'll get 150,000 more views than I would have. But I didn't. Mm. I just wrote, what a weird week. Mm-hmm. And most of the comments really respect you for not clickbaiting this video. Really? And that means so much more to me than 150,000 extra views. Having that respect for my audience to be like, well done you. This is why I love watching your channel. That's so nice. And that's what makes you, that's what makes the job fulfilling. Otherwise, I think it becomes a really lonely place. If you live off clickbait and mm. buying followers, like... What do you go home to at night? It must be so sad all the time. Whereas like, if you have lovely people coming to your videos being like, I've watched you since the start. I think you have so much respect for yourself. I, th- I love the way you do things. You're so honest. Mm. I'll never be able to beat those people that clickbait videos, but I, I, you know, I, I can, go home, I can yeah. sleep at night. It's, it's the difference, isn't it? Do you want to be Justin Bieber? Because let's face it, look, let's what, look at what being the most popular singer in the world has done to him. Yeah. Or do you want to be, I'm trying to think of a good example now. Somebody who just, you know, consistently puts out. I was about to say Will Young. I don't think that's a good example. <laughs> oh, I like I Will love, Young. I love, don't, don't, I'm the biggest Will Young fan girl. Are I you? have a scrapbook full of Will Young photos from when I was 15, before he came out and broke my heart. Oh, see, now I, <laughs> I had my suspicions about Will because when he was on Pop Idol, I really fancied him. But when I tried to imagine things, I, my brain could never make it happen. And I wondered if that, and I, and after you came out, it. I was like, maybe I need deep oh, down I love on a cellular level. I'd much prefer to be more young than Justin Bieber. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but he's been really authentic about yeah. all of his output. And side note, did you listen to him on London Real? No. He did the London Real podcast um, a couple of years ago. It's one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Oh, and he wow, talked about the trauma that he suffered after doing yeah. Pop Idol. And he talked about the fact that where he would look in the mirror and he wouldn't recognise himself. And it's a particular form of trauma. Mm. And I was... I will put the link in the show notes, actually. Sorry, I'm going massively off on a tangent. No. But it was a fascinating episode. And he was so honest about his mental health issues yeah i've heard him talk about it before it's amazing but the way he described it in that episode was just it was really powerful he's just yeah i must listen he He, he recorded a video for my hen do i beg your pardon i know i have to show you afterwards my i don't know how my (laughs) friends got it but they did it they made it happen and i cried i bawled my eyes out oh my god why am i even confessing here i love will young sorry rich I'm leaving you for Will. What, what did he say? He, he was so funny. They just said to him, can you just do a message for Lily Fair Hen? That's all they said. And he did this hilarious like little like comedy sketch where he was pretending I was a stalker. And he was like, 
Lily's been following me for years. (laughs) (laughs) Or not pretending. Oh, it's so funny. I love him. Anyway, Um, I don't know how we got onto that. (laughs) My friend Jen, um, who I haven't seen in ages because she moved out of London. So if you're listening, Jen, because I know you support the show, I miss you. Hi, Jen. Um, She's a massive Take That fan. And I think when they broke up, she had three days off school. And she's she's a real power player in the industry. And when she left her last job... Her colleague's got Gary Barlow to do her a message. Oh my god, I would love that too. And it came up on Facebook the other day. It's like, can't. But I think it's been three years since she left. Oh, so much pressure these Hindus to get messages from famous people. And, and then you've got people like Lisa Potter Dixon who do a campaign and get Craig David actually at their wedding. You heard Shut, about this? No. When she came on the podcast, I kind of knew about it because it was a thing of urban legend. But she explained the story. They just tweeted about it and social mediaed for months in advance oh my and god and then he turned up at their wedding and dj'd and stayed till the very end that's amazing was that, was that before he became really big again i think he was on the cusp he was definitely <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely he had been in miami he got buff he was very like yeah but it, it was that's amazing well done yeah social media campaigns work i know i mean you, when you have the power it is tempting sometimes but now i'm like since i got verified on twitter i can't over the over the years i've done things and realized on twitter or instagram well both twitter more because if you tweet someone and you're verified they see it and you forget so i once tweeted justin bieber and he quote retweeted me and i was like i didn't even at him actually i'm now furious with tim ferris because i sent him a really amusing text saying <laughs> hey tim come and do my podcast there's more in it for me than there is for you and you're verified yeah oh so it should they're more likely to see it because oh god i've been rejected by tim i feel ferris. like busy people just <laughs> only look at their verified bit do you know of what i mean course. yeah um because so you can search. I'm more aware now of when I'm like tweeting about celebs. <laughs> I don't want them to see it. <laughs> and maybe, so yeah, a bit more careful. I know. I love the fact that with great power comes great responsibility and you're like, I shall not. Yeah. <laughs> or like get really angry at like, like back in the day, I used to be like, oh, TSB at the worst bank ever. And I'm like, Lily, don't do that. Gonna... Well, <laughs> and that's a very interesting point because obviously uh, the historical tweets can come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. And yeah, I have to think for a tweet. Yeah. But equally, I have thought recently, the person I was when I started tweeting mm. is very different from the person I am now because I think I've been on Twitter since like eight years. Yeah. And I, it doesn't, they don't make it easy, but I have thought about going back and just deleting like the majority of it. I know, it doesn't make you paranoid, but you also think that wasn't, you know, you grow and change. Yeah. That's the problem with the internet. Everything's out there. Yeah. I would hate to think what's in all my videos if I went through them all. So to that point, how have you, as your audience has grown, we know that there are lovely people, but we know that there are the uh, anonymity that comes with the internet can often bring out a nasty colour on people. How have you navigated your way around dealing with that? Because I think everybody who has online content in the way that you do has to at some point. Yeah, I think at the beginning when I first started getting kind of negative hate comments they call them um I was a bit like oh it doesn't feel nice it feels a bit weird and lonely um but over the years I started to learn to deal with it and comments like about having frizzy hair or my looks never bothered me because I was like I know what I look like so anything you're saying I either I already know or I don't agree with and that's fine um I always got more upset about people who were like disappointed in me 
Like, I have a quite a mature audience, so <clears throat> if they didn't like something I'd do, they'd leave a long essay on why they didn't like it. And that used to just break my heart, because or being misunderstood and someone thinking I meant something when I didn't and not feeling like you yeah. can explain yourself. Especially when you're vlogging, you just say things and sometimes it comes out wrong and you're like, oh, I didn't mean that. And I know what I meant, but you've... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a bit frustrating. Um but again, I just kind of dealt with it. I actually think... <laughs> Sorry, I'm checking paranoid. my new equipment. <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> I actually think in more recent years, maybe within the last year, it's affected me more than ever, which is weird because you would have thought that you'd kind of get used to it and grow out of it. Mm. But I think as you start to do things that you care more about, though yeah. you start to care more about the negative comments, you know what I mean? Whereas if you're just making videos all the time, it doesn't really matter. But when you yeah. do podcasts and books and you do new projects that you really care about and pour your heart and soul into, the negative comments affect you more. Yeah. So um, it's difficult. I'm very lucky to have Anna. It's so nice to have someone who does the same job as you that you can talk to because mm. as much as Rich and my family and friends are here for me, it's kind of like not the same because you're talking to them outside and they're like, oh, don't worry don't listen to them mm. and you're like that doesn't help because i am listening to them um so it's really nice to have someone to talk to who gets it yeah and that's what i do i have a little whatsapp group with anna ruth and caroline and we just rant i'd be interested <laughs> to know off offline what that's called because i have a whatsapp group with nadine baggett and caroline and it's got a very specific name <laughs> so does us <laughs> <laughs> and a very specific avatar oh ours is just a ridiculously awful photo actually it's all it's all four of us separately making the most ugliest face we could possibly make put into a montage that i think ruth made for the avatar oh gosh no ours is just ripped off from the internet <laughs> i think it might be like witches anyway I, I've, I've said too much i've said too much <laughs> yes I'm moving on um right now, you've just mentioned the book there, so I mm. think this is a lovely time to talk about the F word. Congratulations on the nearly swear. Thanks. I'm going to grab my copy. I always feel like Me when too. I hold it, it's easier to talk about it. Hold on tight. This is my book. How crazy is that? Um, those are my hands at the top there. Well, it's your hands and two of your friends' mm -hmm. hands, because I saw a post where, where you actually tagged them, and I was like, oh, interesting. I get to see who her friends are, who yeah. are in, whose hands are in the, on the cover. It's a beautiful-looking book. Before yes. you even open the page. That's important to me. I'm a yeah. very creative visual person. So that's something I was always going to spend time on. And tea was the first thing I have thought of. And we went all different avenues until we came back to the cup of tea. And I thought, that is what represents me and my friends. We're yeah. not cool enough for alcohol. <laughs> we have it. But really, that is what, to me, I think of. And I think of friendship. Yeah. Catching up with a cup of tea around a table. Yeah. Um, and so she makes a lovely brew, listeners. Thanks. Um, um, so it yeah. is a personal, just reading what's on the cover, it's mm. a personal exploration of modern female friendship. So I'm intrigued, why was this the uh, content for your book? So I was only ever going to write a book if it was something that I was really passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, the first wave of YouTuber books, I kind of sat back and thought, don't think this is my time I don't want to just force a book for no reason. Mm -hmm. um, and then this one just kind of naturally came Female friendship has always been something that I'm massively passionate about. And it's always kind of been an underlying theme in my content. My friends have been in my videos and my audience have always picked up on it. They always say like, oh, I love the friendships that you have. You seem to have loads of girlfriends. That's really nice. And I've done Q&As about it in the past, but I'd never really had found the right place to talk about it in depth on YouTube, blog. It didn't seem right. Mm -hmm. um, so a book seemed like the perfect place. And I just thought I haven't really read anything at the time when I kind of started writing this that was about this topic 
Um, and I just wanted to get more people thinking about it and talking about it. I wanted to talk about my experience and weave in loads of other women's experience as well. And I didn't even think there would be that much to talk about until I started. And then I was like, there is so much to talk about. I love the way you've broken it down into like um, the friend you've known forever and yeah. the, the experiences and there's, it's anecdotal and there's extracts from diaries. Yeah, I kind of start talking about my childhood friendship because mm. that's where it all started for me. Um, I've got best friends I've known since I was three, which I thought was normal until recent days. And then I'm like, no, that's really special, actually. Yeah. It's not that common. So I start to my childhood friendship and then I kind of move on. Um, but yeah, like you said, I weave in throughout like stereotypes of different friends that you have. <laughs> and I just wanted people to think more about the kind of edit of friends that they have. And I think it's good to have a variation of different friends mm. and the sort of friend you are to others and just wanted to get people thinking. And it's been amazing. So when I was reading it, I thought... From, and I, I've already said to you, I'm going to end up projecting onto you during this part of the conversation. But um, I have definitely lost myself in friendships mm. and relationships. And so I wonder whether the reason why you've had friends, uh, friendships that have lasted, not friendships that have lasted, <laughs> friends that you have had since you were three and now create these bonds is because actually you're really boundaried and really know who you are. Maybe. I'm a very self-aware person. So yeah, that probably does come into it. Um, I think we're very lucky. We've all kind of grown up in London and stayed here. As I think a lot of people lose those friends they've known from they were younger because they move away. Mm -hmm. um, but I talk in the book about how I actually went through a massive patch of struggling to make new friends. Secondary school, I made no new friends. I'm not friends with anyone from my school. Uni, I struggled a bit. I only made friends with guys at uni. So um, I'm not like the perfect friend maker. And I've definitely got myself into some like awkward friendships as well where I've lost myself and, yeah. you know, they've been taking more than I've been getting. I talk about how it's a bit like balancing scales, mm -hmm. a friendship. And yeah, there's definitely times where I think, oh, I think they might be using me <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not aware back, but, back out of this friendship. But that makes it really good because it's because you do have those experiences. If you were just really good at friendship and you write a book about it, it would yeah. it would add no value. To well, it. I thought I was when I started writing it. <laughs> was, no, I, I thought I was like, there's a whole section on toxic friendships. I thought, oh God, that's going to be really tricky to write about because my friends are lovely. Mm. And then I'd obviously just blocked out some of the kind of more recent friendships that haven't worked out. Because um, I think if it doesn't work out, I move on quite quickly and get over it. Yeah. But when I actually sat down and thought about it, I thought, well, actually, that was more painful than I thought. Mm. Um, I'm just thinking about all the lovely friends I have. So I think everyone's been through things like that when it comes yeah. to female friendships. And what... Did you have to get permission from any of your friends to talk about them? Like, how did you navigate this? Yeah, I, at the beginning, I thought, well, this is going to be more about me and my thoughts. Mm. And then as I started writing it, I thought, God, I'm actually talking about so many people in this book. I'm going to have to... And then my manager read it. She was like, oh, this is more personal than I thought it would be. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, what? I didn't think it was going to be that personal. So if there were sections that were for other people's stories we use a lot of fake names yeah um but to when it was about the <laughs> yeah when it was about my friends i basically sent them those sections i was like is this okay yeah they're all so supportive and they love it and they're like oh my name's in a book <laughs> that's so nice yeah. when i did 40 days of 40 one of the things that came out of it was it was meant to be about every day in the 40 days up to my birthday i'm going to do something that makes me happy mm. whether that's going to the cinema by myself which i adore doing whether whatever it might be I'm gonna do it and at the end of it I was really emotional because what it had ended up being was a gratitude journal mm. which I hadn't expected I just thought oh I'll do all these things I'll put it on social media and let's you know let's all do the things that we love 
And I wonder when you wrote this, whether it um, turned up the volume in terms of your appreciation of your friendships. Like, did you find yourself writing a section about your friend and then just ringing them up and going, I just have to say I love you? Definitely. I mean, I'm a bit soppy when it comes to my friends anyway. And that's been more in like recent years. I talk about it in the book at my hen do when spontaneously we all decided to go around the table. They all went first and talked about how they know me and like why I mean so much to them. And then I had to do it for all of them. We were sobbing. Ten girls, like pretty much we all were like 28 years old <laughs> crying our eyes out and at that moment I thought oh god we are all a little bit emotional about our <laughs> friendships here so I'm a little bit like that anyway with my, and that's mm. why I was like I need to write this book because I freaking love my friends so much they're such a priority for me um even like the ups and the downs I love mm. it all um, but it definitely made me appreciate appreciate them even more. And there was a passage I read, and it was integrate your old your old friends with your new ones. Yeah, I think people are often scared to do that, mm. especially because I feel like the friends you've known forever have a bit more like flaws in them because you haven't met them as your most recent version. Yeah. So it's different. They do things, and you're like, mm. but <laughs> but it's all about mixing them. I love it. Like like my Anna gets on really well with my friends I've known forever. Yeah. Um, it's really nice. I love mixing friends. And also the thing of um, the friend who maybe lives further away, who mm. you don't see very often, like keep the contact going because it is so easy. And I am really guilty of it at the moment. My friend Hannah, who I've known for years, she's, she's probably my oldest friend. I've been really terrible at, at staying in touch with everybody. But I sat down yesterday and was like, you've actually been a shocker at keeping in touch with Hannah. And it's because I read this book. So I sent her a message and sure enough, amazing conversation ensued. That was literally my goal. <laughs> like that that makes me happy like someone said that to me they were like I read your book and it inspired me to send love letters to all of my female friends on International Women's Day and I was like done that's all I it's all I wanted and like the fact that you text your friend to yeah. say hi after reading the book I'm happy um who was it who sent a friend or a, a reader no, it was a say? reader she sent little notes to all her female friends on International Women's Day just to say she thought they were great right so that when you get a message like that do you cry she told me to my face it was at an event and I was just like Oh, so blah, 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 blah. That's what I did. I just like blobbed in her face. <laughs> I was like, oh, this blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it was so nice. That that makes everything worth it. And I have mm. to remember that on the bad days. Yeah. I have to remember. It's really difficult. It's human nature to focus on the bad stuff. But I like really try and remember those moments because that is it's just amazing. I love it. And you said earlier about um, working in an office, not, not liking to hear no or not being told that you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, that happens a lot and I'm not, I'm not trying to go down the trolling route because I think we've covered that but equally oh, it's so it's such a challenge when you are putting out your own content and people are reacting really well I guess what I'm trying I guess what I'm trying to go with this is but how do you take negative feedback yeah book specifically I think so yeah mm. no it's fine um it's hard, but I guess for me, I never, I didn't really know what this was going to like involve the whole, the whole doing a book thing has been a crazy journey. Like I've had the best days ever writing. It was difficult, which I think anyone who's written their first book would say it's really, really hard. Um, but also amazing. And I feel so proud of myself to do it. The last time I wrote anything that long was my dissertation. Um, <laughs> and I love writing. On? Oh my God. What, it's really, it was like, Something to do with Birmingham, Warsaw, City Council, boring. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. 85,000 I thought words. you were going to, not that you were going to say this specifically, but I spoke to someone the other day who said <laughs> they did their dissertation on the Twilight books. Oh my God, no, was it was like... nothing entertaining at all. It was so boring. <laughs> but um, I love writing. Like, you know, the whole, it, it, what inspired this was like my diaries and blog yeah. posts. And it was always going to be a very kind of casual, natural writing type experience. Yeah. But yeah, it was really hard to write a book along with everything else that I was doing. I ended up taking a month offline to do it, um, to start it. Was that amazing and freeing or did you get the jitters? Was it like going cold? Turkey? I think it would. I think if I wasn't writing, it would have been a very different experience. But I just was writing every single day. I threw myself into it and I just How couldn't do both. Did you not have your browser windows open on like social media? I mean, I was looking a little bit. I just wasn't posting anything. Right. And when you're not posting, you're not really getting any comments back. So it's a whole different ballgame. You were lurking. Yeah. <laughs> so I threw myself into the book. Um, there were lots of people involved. You know, I had an editor, a literary agent, my managers. It was a crazy experience interviewing loads of women. Um, then it was all about coming up with the cover and coming up with marketing ideas, which I loved because that's the stuff that I'm mm. really good at. Um, and also you do get a bit comfortable doing things you're good at so that was another reason to do the book it's nice to do things out of your comfort zone a bit Um, and then the week it came out it was like the highest I've ever felt surrounded by family and friends they'd all read it they all loved it it was great Um, and then people start receiving the book and I've had an overwhelming amount of incredible messages and it's really important for me to acknowledge that because every single day even now I'm getting dms and private messages of people just telling me which parts of my book they love mm. and why they love it and how it's inspired them. And that's really, really nice. But I think I'd be naive to think that I wasn't going to get any people who felt negative about yeah. it, especially as it's my first book. And I forget what it's like as a YouTuber to enter into another industry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd got very used to, even with the podcast, it's still the digital space. Yeah. So this is a whole other space. Um, and I forget that people get a bit funny about YouTubers doing other things. So that, there's that, but it's easy oh, to ignore they? that. Oh, yeah. YouTuber books is like a real, people get angry about YouTubers I doing books. I know that. Yeah. And I forgot that from last time. There was like a first wave of YouTubers doing books and people I got see. very angry about it. Um, but that's fine. I can kind of ignore that. Anyway, there's always going to be people that don't like it as well. And it's yeah. it's tough to hear that when you've like poured your heart and soul into something. But you can't expect to please everyone. It is that thing of you can have someone come up to you and say, because of you, I wrote love letters to all of my friends and sent them for International Women's Day. And then someone can write something negative. Like and the font's it, too big. And you're like, oh, God, I really didn't even think about that. And I yet didn't somehow, do that. and it's a horrible thing that it does. And I guess you might have developed stronger muscles with this, but it's just somehow that takes the edge off the positive thing. Oh God, totally. And I had some like really crappy days where I was like, oh my God, this is awful. But you have to just force yourself to remember the the good stuff. It's really difficult. Mm. I don't really know what else to say apart from that. But I think I would never want to live in a world where everyone loves me. Justin Bieber. <laughs> I don't want to be Justin Bieber. I just think there's always going to be people with different opinions and that's fine. And it's my first book. And every time I read a negative comment, I just think, oh, well, that's a shame. Maybe their expectations were different because yeah. this book turned out exactly how I thought it would. So mm. if people have different expectations about what was it was going to be about, mm. that maybe would have been my fault in how I communicated it. But um, 
I can't really remember, remember where my train of thought was going to go. But you just said, you said earlier, and I was like, ooh, you said my first book, which implies there will be a second. Oh, God, I don't know. Right now, I've just, I think I've put everything into it, and it's mm. so difficult to do so many different things. And like I said, I've never do something for the sake of it. Yeah. So right now, I have no other plans for another book, but in another time of my life where I'm doing something else and I'm passionate about it, um, I would. I'm really, really proud of it. I can't believe I wrote a book. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Anytime someone says something negative, I just think, I wrote a book. Mm. And it's really hard. I was listening to your podcast with Clemmie, and she was like, I respect anyone who's written a book. Because it's bloody hard. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy with how it's all gone. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to sit down and write that fiction (laughs) novel about the girl who works on the magazine, and it it never never comes out of me. Oh, God, yeah, it's tough. Which is the universe saying, don't write it. To do it when you can like don't force it that's mm. the thing <laughs> maybe have some therapy first <laughs> um this is also uh the f word about female friendship it's um not although you said that it's been evident in your content thus far mm. that the fact that female friendships are important to you it's a natural evolution and i guess in the last eight years you really have evolved you've gone from the 2500 word posts about a lipstick <laughs> to the videos to talking about various other things and we were talking before now the content is changing again because you're into home and you're into various other things and it's I just see it from the outside as um, broadening your content yeah I think it was never meant to be anything like I said my blog started called what I heart today and that the point of that was a terrible name but the point was like I could just talk about whatever I'm into at that time. Mm. Um, I obviously changed it to Lily Pebbles quite quickly. And then, yeah, it's just changed with me. For many years, I was just into beauty. And that really was all I was into watching and reading. So that's what I spoke about. And then I became a bit more into fashion and style. And like you said, now I've, I've moved. Or when I moved to my first flat, I got really into home decor. And I think, yeah, my content would just constantly evolve with me as mm. I renovate a house which I'm about to do and then maybe start a family when I got Mm. married I talked about wedding content and I think that makes me feel I don't know it makes me feel uneasy sometimes but it's also nice that it means I can constantly change I've not been like put in this category Mm. which people often like to put us in these categories like you're a beauty blogger when actually just make content about whatever well that's what was interesting you were saying people do like to put you in a category and I've been on the receiving end of it myself and you're like yeah I am but I also do this and you feel pressured to as well when people say what do you make videos about I used to be so embarrassed to say like oh I just vlog or something because Mm. vlogs didn't feel valuable they felt silly Mm. and wasn't doing a video on like 10 ways to make your skin look glowy and that feels like really educational Mm. so I used to feel the pressure to have to make content like that because that's what like magazines were doing and we were trying to kind of copy them a little bit but now I'm like I could vlog every week and I wouldn't be embarrassed because if the content's doing well audience are enjoying it and I'm enjoying it that's success it doesn't have to be anything Mm. your content can be whatever you want it to be I think that's the thing I think as long as it's you I mean it's it's got your name on it yeah and you may lose some people, but you might gain others, but you'll always have that core of people who are just on your journey with you. Yeah, I always describe it as an extension of my personality. That's what my YouTube channel and my blog mm. are. So they're not anything. They are whatever I want them to be. I look at someone who's been on uh, social media, who's been doing online content for as long as you have, and I would assume that at some point, well, not I would assume, but I would think, how have you stayed sane during that? I think having friends and family around me, mm. I'm, I don't think I would still be doing this job if I didn't have many family close by or lots of friends because mm. that's what kind of keeps me normal. Mm. And when I'm with them, they don't care about what's going on, on the internet. 
and they're, so they're quite separate. Um, but also just because I enjoy it. I wouldn't yeah. still be doing it if I didn't. I love being creative and making content. I love being my own boss and being really flexible. Like I said, I love working with brands. Mm. That's really something I love doing. Um, but there are times where I like do feel quite low, like when we were talking about negative mm. comments and stuff, and you do feel a little bit lonely, but then it, it passes. There's yeah. always times you think, like, oh God, what am I doing? I even had that like last week. I was like, I don't know what my content is anymore. My followers aren't growing or I'm getting loads of crap comments for that. And then you just come out of it. And then suddenly mm. you have a week and you're like really inspired and you love it. It's just up and down all the time. <laughs> totally. And that's why I love that for me personally, I now have like other beauty podcasters. And if I'm having a crappy day, I'll be like, do I mean, a lot of them are on a different time zone. So it's a bit annoying. I'll be yeah. like, SOS, let's have a FaceTime. But um, I had it last week because The Rock uh, declined coming on my show. Mm. And I just thought, well, that's it. That's the end then. Yeah. I'm going to eat some pie. <laughs> I just got really demoralized and demotivated. Yeah. And then you just have to sit down and just go, actually, it's fine. I'll get Dwayne next time. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just not working in a team because you just you just have your own mm. thoughts to battle with rather than someone saying, it's fine, we'll get this person instead or whatever. Yeah. That's why I like doing the podcast with Anna. If you ever need to talk to us, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like, you don't need him. Can we have... Can we have a WhatsApp group? Yes. Okay. I would love Anna. that. That would be awesome. I love a WhatsApp group. My, some, one of my friends, like, hey, every time we start a new one, she's like, not another WhatsApp group. I love them. I love them. Mm. They, I th- they keep me, stop me from being lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Oh my, I agree. And have you, do you do this? Because I've noticed more of my friends and actually Jules One Hep does it a lot. You'll start tech, you'll start WhatsApping. And then all of a sudden you'll see that he's typing or something's happening and then it'll be an audio file. Yes. Oh and my then God. The conversation becomes a phone call, but not. I love a WhatsApp audio voice note. Me and yes. Anna use them all the time. They're the best. Also, that's really great for a long distance friendship. That's what you should send to your friend <gasps> Hannah because it makes it more personal and like you can actually hear them, but you don't have to have that awkward, like pressured phone call yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can reply when you're ready. I love a voice note where we have something to really like rant about. It's all about the voice note. Yeah. And WhatsApp are protected, right? <laughs> so just clear chat every now and again (laughs) oh yeah that's true that's true and then I was in a group recently and somebody added someone else and a couple of us were like oh my god quick go back no they can't when you add someone they can't see what's been previously been said oh I am so relieved to hear that yeah you are safe I am so relieved to hear that so you're about to start (laughs) renovating a house yeah (laughs) had a moment then Uh, we're Um, about to start renovating a house we're going to move back in with my parents gosh um but I'm so excited this is the it's the dream I have a house to do up I'm so happy and proud and excited you should be yeah I am proud I think as English people we're so awkwardly embarrassed <laughs> about things like this and I'm just like nah well I I'm... had a flat for two years and now I've got a house yeah. I'm 30 I'm married it's okay yeah I'm not 20 <laughs> it's all right I was thinking about this on the way here I was thinking about um Obviously, when you create online content and it is personal, personality-led, people get an insight into your life. And um, obviously, let's, let's not beat around the bush. It's not always real in the sense of you share, but it's mm. not the whole truth sometimes. Ten minutes. But it was just a stupid thing. You sent me this message saying you, you'd got bagels. And my mind started wandering and I started thinking about um, how previously... Uh, Right, I'm going to put a thing on you that isn't necessarily real, but it's someone who's really successful, owns a house, blah, 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 blah. That used to be 20 years ago, if you had all of those things, it would be because the payoff would be that you'd be in an office for a long time. Mm. 
And so you would have, you would be very successful at work and therefore you would have financial security. Bear with me, bear with me where I'm going here. But there has been this change with online content creators, because I'm going to make that stick, of not having to be in an office and being your own business and it being visible to people, Mm. which I think is very interesting in the sense of you're creating your content, you're living your life, but there is a demarcation, isn't there? Yeah. Between when you turn off the camera, when you turn off the recorder, whatever it is. So how are you able to... Well, that's... No, not how are you able to. I think that's why you should feel really proud. Yeah. Because you've made... There's, it's a completely new path, is what I'm trying to say. I, this is what I think. I'm like, surely we should be encouraging of people, young women especially, creating their own businesses. Mm. Like, when I was at school, it was like, do you want to be a maths teacher? Do you want to be a doctor? And I couldn't see myself doing anything and it just made me so unmotivated I was so crap at school I didn't get one single a the entire way through school I was like what the hell am I going to do with my future and can I ask you a question did you feel a failure because of that because I definitely did because I was a dimwit at school I no, I still tell people now I'm like I failed school I got a u in one of my (laughs) as levels um I had to get permission from the headmistress to do art music and drama for a levels because no one had ever done just those three before that was me um I hated every minute of it didn't understand it why was I always the person getting told off putting my hand up? It, was, it didn't work for me. Mm. Somehow got into uni and everything changed because uni worked for me and I ended up getting a first. But anyway, the fact that I now you have... you doing something that you love. Yeah, I was talking to people, they're calling, calling the lecturers by their first name and I was, it just felt more normal. Mm. And yeah, and I was talking about advertising and it was cool. I wasn't being a maths teacher or a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah, want to be yeah, those yeah. things. But um, the fact that I've... It, we we get a bit embarrassed I feel like as YouTubers talking about what we do as a business I think mm. it was different now but at the beginning we were like we don't want our viewers to think we're trying to like make money out of them because mm. we're not we're not charging them for our content or anything but it is a business and yeah we have been successful and I am proud of it I think yeah. now I feel okay saying that for years I felt really awkward about it and I was like oh no it's just a little blog thing don't worry nothing oh. I can imagine for a while it was a bit like oh should I really should, what do I say yeah. actually what happened was like my parents friends who were like oh how's the blog going and I was like living at home saving for a flat till mm. I was 27 thinking they thought oh god they think I make no money people how do you make money from the blog and it just ended up pissing me off so much that I had to sell myself I had to like see value in myself because no one mm. else was I used to like go around like Preach have my sister. business business yeah. cards out I used to go this is what I always tell people I used to go into the apple stores put my blog up on all the iPads <gasps> and computers and then walk out you're a genius <laughs> Because no one else was going to promote my blog. No one else was doing it for me. Everyone else thought I was mental. Even my husband now, when I quit my job at first, was like, really? So it was, I had to do it. So I've had to become quite like, proud. And I think that's what I mean, because it all looks quite aspirational right from the outset. Like You didn't talk about lipstick in the beginning and, and talk about bad things. It was always, I think people assume that it was always fine. You, you're always fine and yeah. it's all good. And actually, no, it, it's... It's been strategy, it's been business, you've thought about yeah. it, you've made good choices, you, you've signed with the best digital agency, yeah. you know, like it's all good things along the way and none of it's happened by accident. Yeah, and as long as you balance it out with being a decent person and not using your audience, then what's wrong with mm. that, making good decisions along the way and being quite businessy and it's being proactive? Of, yeah, it's a new type of business person, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I've come to terms with people not really getting what I do, like normal people offline. My sister yeah. said she's always having to stick up for me, and her friends are like, so what does... Like, they say things, and she's like, oh, you don't get it. But I don't care. Like, I don't need to prove to people how hard I work. I know I do. And just because I, like, do fun mm. things during the week doesn't mean I'm not up till like one in the morning then working that's just yeah. like freelance life isn't it creating Where, your content I mean yeah. we were talking about uploading podcasts and videos and stuff it's all the back end stuff yeah. yeah it's not filming the video it's not the hard work filming the videos it's it's editing them and everything else that comes with it I don't have anyone who edits my videos I don't have an assistant mm. I don't have anything like that it doesn't mean I have nothing against people that do but I just don't. I'm the same with my <laughs> podcast. And um, I lopped off the last two seconds of the Clemmy podcast episode. And I couldn't, I like kept doing, you know, undo, 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 oh, literally no. undo all my editing to try and see where I could fight. Oh, how on earth? Because if you drag an audio file sometimes and it overlaps with another, you lose it. So I, I lost the last two seconds of the, and it was only Clemmy saying, thank you so much. Mm. But it just went, thank And then I thought, do you know what? Yeah, but you've now learned. <laughs> That's yes, you learning. I love that's why I love editing. Sometimes I'll do a really bad edit, but I'm like, I'm growing and learning. I like mm. being the one doing it for that reason. Oh yeah. And I think everyone who I've come across who has their own digital content, who has their own online platform, they are all so um conscientious and ambitious and they want to do it properly. Like the people yeah. who've been doing it for as long as you have and yeah. who are really consistent, which is another key thing. They want to know how to do it. They would never want to hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. They don't want anyone to do their research for them. They don't want anyone to do their lights for them. I think it's quite a... That's would I would say is one of my worst qualities, though. My dad always says to me, you can't be a successful business person unless you, like, learn how to teach other people to help you. And I it drives me a bit insane because I'm such a control freak. So I'm trying to... That, I think, like, Gleam, a is a, Gleam is a, an example of how I have people work with me. Mm -hmm. Um and I let other people help me with things, but I see that a bit as a bit of a failure that I haven't got someone that I'm still just me because how I can't grow anymore. Like I can't do any more projects. Mm. Um, whilst doing the book, I couldn't do anything else. And now I'm about to do podcast season two. I can't do anything else. Like it limits you when you haven't got help, but it's, it's difficult to train people to do things the way you like it done. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing. I guess, yeah, I guess, I mean, I've seen people who've got assistants and every now and again, I'll look at the dynamic and I'm talking about, I know people in real life, but I also know people on reality TV who have assistants and I look at the dynamic sometimes and I just think, couldn't do it without them. And that frightens yeah. me. And also I don't want someone to just follow me around and laugh at my jokes. That's like my worst nightmare. No, I want someone who... I've ever wanted. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only want someone if they're going to actually like add and help me like yeah, yeah, yeah. manage my workload yeah we were saying before like videos you only see 10 minutes of someone's day and I think that was an important point I just wanted to go back to like mm. we show the best stuff I try to be really honest and real online mm. so I do a bit of moaning and that means that I get a lot of comments people saying oh, I can't believe you're moaning about your hair when there's people dying in the world and I'm like okay but that's not that's, mm. that's not comparing the two but yes. I think it's still important <laughs> to moan because I want to show that I'm not just like morning rainbows and ponies today like that's not what it's about i love that you said rainbows and ponies not <laughs> rainbows and unicorns <laughs> yeah become one of my favorite people. oh my god i think yeah. if i saw a unicorn i'd shoot it <laughs> i don't mean that at all i would never harm a unicorn but i just mean that i just find the unicorn trend a little bit off-putting i just i can't and that that's what another thing that will always limit my content because i'm i'm english and i'm a bit miserable but i like it <laughs> <laughs> I like you're it that way. At all. I don't yeah. think you're visible at all in oh the slightest. God. If you like 
I, it convinces me sometimes. I hear to my friends like, oh God, everyone thinks I'm so negative and moany online. And my friends are like, you aren't negative. I think you're quite positive. I'm like, oh God, not compared to other people online. I'm not. <laughs> I, do, I don't even know what positive looks like. I think I'd, I think I'd see through it. <laughs> yeah. I think it would just, I just would question it. I'd much prefer to be, I'm a realist, mm. like through and through. Um, and I'd much prefer that than kind of putting sparkly things on everything. Do you think the fact that you're a realist is another thing that makes you a good friend? Yeah. Um, I think if my ne- friends come to me, they know they're going to get yeah. like honesty back. And that means that sometimes I ha- it's, that's the struggle, I think, with making new friends. Because sometimes I think when people, they first meet me, they're like, ooh, I don't really get that girl. She seems, I think sometimes I think people think I hate them when I meet them. Because I'm not like over the top friendly. I'm the same. And so I, I definitely have had people say to me before, oh God, when we first met, I thought you didn't like me. Yeah, I always get that. And it's like more to the point, I probably thought you thought that I was a knob. So I was overcompensating or yeah. getting back. Yeah, exactly. So I'm a terrible liar. <clears throat> so if I don't like someone, I'm not very good at like pretending I like them. I am 100% the same. And I also have a face that gives away everything. Same. But it's better off. It's fine. We might have less friends, but the friends we have will be better. No, I, <laughs> I was in a meeting, a work <laughs> meeting the other day. And I'm working with someone at the moment who really understands that she cannot let certain things get to a certain point. Because if my face goes, she knows that <laughs> the air in the room changes. Because if someone says something ridiculous, my, eye, my eyes just bulge out of my head. And she just said, I can't look at you in meetings. Because if I know that if that person speaks, your, your face goes and I can't look. Because it'll make me start laughing. Oh my God. Yeah, but you must have to be really careful who you get on in the podcast. Because I'm quite terrified of interviewing someone who I get a bad vibe from because then I think I would be terrible at interviewing them because I'd be like I just don't like you (laughs) I don't want to talk anymore I'm very because I create my own content I'm very lucky and that hasn't happened much you've picked well (laughs) have you but you haven't met everyone you've interviewed before have you (gasps) scary no so if you hate them (laughs) I've gone in cold with people and it's it's really interesting but I guess as a I I mean I've interviewed some celebrities who I've never met before who were really challenging so I guess once you've had Christina Aguilera cuss you out during an interview you you can you can fake an hour with anyone yeah so you're probably better at hiding your face than you think maybe I just yeah I'd be like Christina we're done (laughs) I actually it's the only celebrity interview I ever did where I felt I was really offending her so I ended it I said well obviously I think you've got a very busy day so thank you so much for your time and I turned I literally scurried out of the room oh god did you cry didn't cry Has anyone i don't think anyone's ever made me cry actually as an interviewer good people on shoots have behaved badly and i've cried because i've ha- i've hated i've hated seeing the dynamic and then you leave the energy in the room is just really toxic and i cried after a oh. shoot because i just thought that was really horrible then everybody was anxious and i i am a sponge for emotions yeah which is coming back to the book and talking about have you ever lost yourself in a friendship that's what i've done previously mm. and it's because i can pick up too much and then forget to register my own thoughts and feelings yeah and realize that that they need tending to yeah it's hard when your friends are going through hard things that's probably for me more of a a better example of when I've lost myself when a lot of my friends have had really traumatic things happen to them and their family I'm very lucky that I haven't but I I take on their Mm. sadness and worry like it's my own and Mm. I when my friends have been going through these things I spend every day and night anxious worried for them yeah which I guess is a good friend, but it's difficult. Yeah. You, you really take it on. I'm the same as you. Like I take on my friend's emotions. Yeah. It, you have to work really, not you have to, as in 
for, for the love of God, let me work on it. <laughs> I just mean that one has to work on that because yeah. if it's a natural thing, you have it is really important to put those boundaries in place and mm. be empathetic and care, but also. I, I was listening to a fascinating interview with um, Martin Freeman the other day, the mm. actor. And um, he was talking about, and it was him, and then there was another interview, weirdly, Alice and Janney talked about it in a completely separate interview, um, where she talked about when you act, you are pretending. Mm. And your mind knows that you're pretending because your mind has learned the words and knows the script and knows the blocking and knows where you've got to be, etc. But your body doesn't know. Oh, so if they have like a really traumatic role and they're crying, yeah. they go home and feel sad. Yeah. Oof. And so there's this real disconnect between what the brain knows to be the truth of that. I haven't just had that happen to me. That was for pretend. But the, because you've put yourself through it physically, yeah. your body registers the stress. And I just thought that was fascinating. Mm, really difficult as well. But and so, but I feel like it's very comparable to the friendship yeah. thing, because if you wear somebody else's trauma or experience, then does your body actually know that it's not happening to you? Mm. I wonder if it's different if you like pre-family and kids, because I feel like as my mum, as a friend, is very good at setting those boundaries because she knows like, okay, I'm there for you. This is what's mm-hmm. going on, but it's also it's not my problem. I focus on my family yeah. and my kids. Whereas I think when you're younger in your twenties, yeah you haven't got that like oh but i need to take care of my family or whatever so and I'm actually more involved a brilliant example because i remember a friend saying to me recently about another friend just saying she's actually a better friend to that friend than you are because she can put boundaries in place because she has kids so she's never going to put that friend first whereas if that friend always asks you you're always going to to jump because yeah. you are always available yeah to all intents and purposes because you don't have the kids you don't have the husband so you can you can jump whenever you're called which is why you need to let that one take your place yeah which i and i it wasn't until it was said to me i thought that's absolutely 100 percent true Mm. and it's a better friendship because of it so many of my friends have kids now so i'm the friend i'm like going to all their different houses and like being there being their non-mother friend for them (laughs) And so do you just go do what I do, which is showing a huge amount of enthusiasm for everything that's happening with them. Yeah, you and have then, to. And then drink with them. And you have to compromise. You have to go to their yeah. house on a Saturday night because they can't go out mm-hmm. um, and talk about their baby. But I like it. We're, we're close enough that it's fine. But it is funny. I suddenly feel like I'm like outnumbered by friends who have kids. <laughs> well, you're revolving. You're turning into home. Mm. Maybe, maybe there'll be some more... In- oh, no, that's going to sound day. like I'm outing you. Not at all. No, Just, you know, the evolution of no, one day. Um, things will be that yeah. I'm sure that content will appear in... I don't mind talking about it. Like, of course, uh, yeah, I definitely want kids. I've got a house, not just for me and Rich here. Is that um, La Roche-Posay? Yeah, so I just put some lip balm on. Do you want some? No, this is Sikaplast. This is the stuff that Nadine Baggett t- talked about. She's the one who got me on it. I've... Oh. I, yeah, I know. Uh, yes, yeah. she she's basically been two timing us with each other um, about fixing our lips because mine are broken too. I mean, I got allergic reaction to a lipstick on my wedding day <gasps> a year and a half ago. It was right. I was on the day I was fine, but the next day, since then, they got so bad. I've actually turned into an eczema person. It's always been like underlying in my family, yeah. but that was triggered it. Now I've got eczema on my eyes, my lips. Nothing has helped. I mean, this isn't solving it, but it's helping it's them. It's the best thing I've used recently. I've got it as well. Yeah, I haven't stopped talking about like with Nadine talking about it, and I'm talking about it all the time. It's like sold out everywhere now. It's a nightmare. I know you can't get it. I went into three boots to try and <laughs> stock up. You can't get it. It's 
So, so I'm yeah, going through mine sparingly. I use it at night, and then I've got a really yeah. good... I'll show you before I go. I've got a really nice Clarins one mm. for the day. I've got six of these. One in my handbag, one here. <laughs> I, like, carry them everywhere with me. I can't be without it. Oh, yeah. God, this conversation can go on forever, but it must end oh, because no, we have I'm things that it. we have to get on with. Oh. I'm having... I Honestly, I've had such a lovely me time. Too. Thank you so much. The book is fabulous. Thank you. Um, and I will obviously put in the show notes that are on iTunes, Acast, and emmaguns.com all of the links to Lily and her social channels. I will put the links to where you can buy the F word, Thank and I you. strongly suggest that you do. <laughs> and everything else that we've talked about. And maybe if anyone wants to tweet Tim Ferriss and tell him that he needs to read my tweet, or The Rock. Or The Rock. <laughs> Yeah. We're trying to get a Spice Girl for our season two. That's my aim. Desperate. In order Any of, of pre- in order of oh. preference. Oh, well, it depends. Preference versus like what realistically could no, no, happen. No, I'm, let's go preference. Not in order, but like I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I love them all. I love them all. I Seriously, don't think I, could I interviewed Mel C once, and she was amazing. Yeah, I once saw her on the tube. <laughs> It's my claim to fame now. I once saw Mel C on the tube and then we'll didn't speak to her. You know, I love Mel C. I think Emma would be great. Jerry, mm. I would love. Emma's just done um, RuPaul and Michelle Visage's podcast and oh. she was fabulous. Yeah, but we have to go into people's homes. Makes things a little bit more difficult. <laughs> hey, Spice Girl, can we come into your home and chat to you? Not just somewhere private. Anyway, any Spice Girl would do. Now I'm just trying to like get guests for our podcast via yours sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's fine but that's, that's the aim but Just let's, fo- let's focus way. on the rock first for you let's focus he, the thing is he's in london at the moment <gasps> well you never know i've got my kit on me i'm going into although my I'm battery gonna, is running low i'm gonna tweet him after this tweet him after this um I, no, actually, I will say this. I've had some shocking replies from agents recently, just like, not for us, no full stop or bad punctuation. And his people came back to me and it was the most polite. It was like, oh, thank you, Emma. Thank you so much for such a considered email. I'm afraid on this occasion it's going to have to be a pass. There's just not going to be time in the schedule. Oh, so you blame it on time. That's good. I don't care if they looked at it and they were like, who is this bitch? No, but better than being like, this isn't right for him, full stop. Yeah. They're like, he hasn't got time. Yeah. So you could be like, hey, you got time yet? <laughs> I've got my kid on me and I'm going into central London after this. So I'll just, um, if I bump into him, I'll I'll give him your mic. Yes. The orange one. Cool. (laughs) Right. It's been a delight. Thank you so much. Come back soon. Come back with Anna. Let's do a cross-pollination. Yes. And or... I was going to say, and Ruth and Caroline, but that would be chaos. And Ruth and Caroline. Although we have to, we have to, Ruth Ruth and I can't be on the same podcast. No, I've decided you and Ruth have identical voices. I'd never noticed that. Let us know if anyone agrees. I think you, you sound like twins. I want to be, oh my God, can I be Ruth Crilly's vo- identical voice, voice twin? twin? Yes. It's weird though, because in real life, like right now you don't sound like her, but on the podcast you do. Like okay. when you just played back that audio, you do. Yes, you could do her voiceovers for her videos. <gasps> if she does, I could get ready with me. Guys, I'm just cleansing my skin. Standard. I could be her understudy. <laughs> Ruth, if your voice ever goes, I'm available. <laughs> right. <sighs> Let's end the madness. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And thank you, Lily. Thanks for having me. Before you go, just a quick one. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you want to talk to me about something, if you want to join a wider conversation, there's some really lovely ways to do it. I have a dedicated listener inbox. No other spam goes in there. I am quite territorial about it. Email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com if you're a listener and you have thoughts and feelings about the episodes and you would like to share them with me. If you want to join a wider conversation, there is a fabulous Facebook group. It's closed, it's private, but I approve every single member. So go in, ask to join, and I usually get to it within a day. 
There are some lovely conversations going in there at the moment and I often give sneak previews of guests that I'm about to record with to ask if there are any questions that you would like me to ask. So you do get a very sneak preview of upcoming guests. The link to that will be in the show notes. And if you are enjoying this episode or many of the other shows, I would be so delighted if you would go over to iTunes, click those five stars and maybe write a couple of sentences about why you enjoy the show. It would mean the world to me and it would help a show like mine stand out on a massive platform like iTunes. Thank you so much and I'll see you on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.